Welcome to another episode of Industry Talk Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Jazzy CEO, aka the Dapper Security Guard, and you're listening into the hottest podcast in the world. No, but for real. Seriously, I got a great guest today. I got Mo Eaton with me. He's executive protection, armed, unarmed, venue, church. He even do the Easter party if you really want him to. So, Mo, what's going on, man? Hey, Jazz. How you feeling? Thanks for having I'm, me I'm, on. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I know um, I, I, I'm glad that you came on. I really appreciate it. Um, I know life is busy, so we finally kind of connected and got into it. Hey, I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a matter of timing, you know. We pulled the bend door, but things happen, you know. But like like life, you gotta wait your turn. It's part of the industry. It's part of the industry. And speaking of industry, you've been in the industry for 20 years, right? Uh not not necessarily the industry. Um I I started doing per se security work 20 years ago. So um the the whole umbrella, yes. Uh 20 years in, um, really just Locked in 20 last week. I pretty much started when I was 20 and I turned 40 last week. So, um, yeah. thank you, thank you. And you know, I, now that I think about it, I don't even know what belated I know belated means late, but does it really mean the same when somebody say happy belated birthday? Or they just gotta say it. You ever notice that? Like, people I, I think it's like, like a if, if, if you don't say it the, on the actual date, it's like an ob- obligation to say belated. But, I mean, to me, it's all the same, you know. I mean, I don't, okay. if you say it early, if you say it the day of, if you say it late, you know, hey, I'm, I'm happy either way. I survived it. I made it to it. You know, it's a blessing. I'm happy. No, I wanted you to know my happy birthday was more genuine than the regular belated happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, okay, so. You got into period the whole umbrella. What was your first security job? Uh, my first security job um, was probably working at Raven Stadium. Um, I used to work at a hospital back from '99 until no, well, yeah, from it's a it's a jumble story. So let me figure <laughs> it out. Um, I started working at a hospital um, from '99 to '04. Before I left there, I was trying to get into the security department there, but they denied me for for their personal reasons. Um, so I left the hospital and I started working on an armor truck. I did the armor truck from 2004 until 2006. Also, why I did that, um, and also at the hospital during the same time, I started working at then the Baltimore Arena. Um, name changed to... Royal Farms Arena, the Baltimore Civic Center, First Mariner Arena. You know, anybody from Baltimore knows or has their own name to call it. Um, yeah. it's, lab- it's labeled now in the Royal Farms Arena, but the street name is the Chicken Box because Royal Farms is known for their chicken. So a lot of people just call it the Chicken Box. Wait, um, is that really a nickname for the arena? Depending on who you talk to, yes. <laughs> depending on who you talk to, yes. If you are listening and you're not from Baltimore, I am not from Baltimore. I'm from Buffalo, New York. And when I came to visit my first time, my 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 uh, cousin was like, man, you got to come eat a chicken box with me. You got you have no idea what Baltimore is to you till you eat one of these. And I'm like a chicken box. Like, and what people do you don't know. Literally, I mean, I used to deal with a girl. She lived in Glen Burnie. You okay. know, and with me being from the city, Baltimore, you know, when I told her, like, yo, you got to get a chicken box. She's like, what is that? Like, 
it was like a culture shock almost to us. She's like, oh, y'all don't just call it chicken and fries? No, it's a chicken <laughs> box. It's a difference. <laughs> it's a difference. You have chicken and fries at home when you make it. If you go yeah, to the store you, to get it, it's a chicken when box. When you make it. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait. so you're originally from Baltimore, right? Yeah, born and raised in Baltimore. Um, a community down in South Baltimore. We call, um, not we call, but it's called Cherry Hill. Uh, if you're from Baltimore... You know, you heard the name. Uh, as I said, it's in South Baltimore, but we do not classify it as South Baltimore. Cherry Hill is Cherry Hill. Um, it has its own name for various reasons. Uh, I like to classify where I grew up in it as the suburban part of the ghetto. Okay. If you, if you look out the front door, it's peace and quiet, great area to be. You look out the back door, all hell might break loose. <laughs> It was the suburban part of the ghetto. Best of both worlds. Okay. <laughs> the best the best of both worlds. Because, you know, to gain some experience, you got to have a little bit of the hood in you. You got to. Um, and I, I would say my, my um, parents, you know, they they gave me some rope. You know, uh, I was never the, 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 the backdoor guy, you know, even though I had the backdoor friends, you know. <laughs> but, you know, even my backdoor friends knew how far to, to take me you know, out of respect to my parents and things like that. But so it it was a good balance of, of both coming up. You mentioned earlier that um you one of your jobs were uh you did armored truck. Yeah. Um that is an actual interesting uh lane of the industry for me. I've actually never done it. One, I do not like what they pay armored truck drivers or guards. I, I don't understand the pay rate. I, I get paid, I can get paid $30 just to sit at a giant and do nothing. But people who are literally carrying around money, diamonds, et cetera, they get paid less than $20. Is that yeah. true? Like, I mean, especially when you have access to that much amount of money that you're dealing with on a daily dealing with um, transportation. Um, one, one of the biggest downfalls outside of the pay that I had with it was some of the rules that they have. Um, and I guess if you've done armor car before, just some inside information to it, um, during training, they tell you like, Hey, if, if I'm the driver, you're the person transporting inside, outside the store. If you come out of the store and you get robbed as the driver, it's my job to pull off. Oh my goodness. You know, like the, the money is insured. Okay. Yes. But they don't want to hurt anybody. They just want the money out the truck. Well, in my opinion, you can have every dime off this truck. Give that's me my partner. That's crazy. You know, I, I can't, I can't face this, these, you know, my partner family and say, Hey, I, I, I filed a protocol on this. Like, yeah. You know, so that, that was just my personal opinion. Yes. I, I followed protocol. Thankfully I never had to be put into that position where, yes. you know, we faced a robbery or anything. It's just, just a pet peeve of mine that I didn't agree with a rule that they have, you know. I don't um, agree with none of it. <laughs> so, and I mean, I was, I was working six days a week. You know, I was definitely on my grind. You know, in that in that time frame, you know, to to make something happen. You know, um, as you said, the money wasn't there up front. You know, so yeah. I was just putting the hours in. You know, if I finish if I finish my route, you know, I would stay over and help out some somewhere else just to to bank my hours or whatever. But. You know, it was definitely a grind in there. Speaking of that, 
particular part right there, the grind part where the money wasn't there up front, but you put in the hours to make it. I have to dwell on that just a little bit because I was just talking to somebody and somebody's like, um, I got some, I got somebody a job and they're, they were confused as to how I made a living on working for these people. And I'm like, well, first I work for them and them and I put in the hours here. I might do 12 here. I might do six here. It's a hustle. It's a grind. My, 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 my mantra is work, hustle, grind. Yeah. It, it, they all go hand in hand. I, I I don't do, you know, the the security EP, you know, feel as full time. I do it on a part time basis. Mm-hmm. Full time. I work with adults and um, that have autism and traumatic brain injury injuries. I'm sorry, traumatic brain injuries and um, Down syndrome, things like that. You know, so that's my my Monday through Friday, eight to four. Yeah. So I've been doing that next month will be five years for me doing that, you know, but after that, you know, I still have, uh, I'm a security supervisor at the Royal Farms Arena. Um, I do security at churches. I do security at clubs, parties, private details, whatever. So after my work, which is my eight to four, I got my hustle, which probably is my part-time security situation. Yeah. And then I got the grind, which is probably at the club. Yeah, you know, so it's work, hustle, grind. I like that. Seriously, I really that that needs to be my mantra too, man. Because I I had to think about it when I was answering his question, and I'm like, I'm confused at what you confused about. <laughs> 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 he's like, well, he's like, well, I mean, you know, they 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 talk highly about you, but you're not there all the time. I'm like, because they know I go where the bread at, and I go where the hours at. And it doesn't matter, even if I'm getting 15, like that's my lowest I'll go. Cause trust me out here in this world, people will try to get you to go lower than 15. Don't do it. If you're listening, do not do it. Save Don't. yourself the headache. Save yourself the headache. Cause they offer you the lowest pay to do the most dangerous stuff, especially at the, the they like to say residential, but they really mean the projects. Uh, they really mean uh house complex, housing complexes. Don't take no $12 housing complex job. And you sitting there and somebody is running up on you because they don't care what kind of badge you got on. So just be careful with, you know, ch- taking those jobs. But it's all about a hustle. And that, you know? and that gun probably bigger than yours. Bigger than <laughs> you. I mean, hey, when I first started my first federal job, I had a 38. A, sp- a belt full of speed loaders and a 38. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's all about the hustle. You know, it's definitely about the hustle. So I just had to go back to that because people don't understand it. We're not saying security guards make most money in the world. I mean, look at the police. Some police departments don't make the most money in the world, but they put in that overtime. They do extra jobs. That's why you see some police officers at stores or something like that. It's all about the hustle. And this this industry is not for anybody who's not willing to work, who's not willing to take some crap and make their bread. So I definitely, you know, applaud you for letting people know, like, hey, this is, I put in other routes. I did other routes. But, but working with the armored trucks, you say you never... You never had experience where, you know, they got robbed or whatever. But as far as gear, because nowadays I see people wearing all kinds of um, plate carriers and stuff like that. Did they issue the gear to you or did you have to buy your own vest and things like that? Um, When I started, uh, gear wise, they gave us um, a concealed vest, um, soft plate vest, Mm -hmm. um, 
thankfully, I was a smaller guy. Everybody else was bigger. Well, I still am a smaller guy. Hashtag smallest guy in the room. Um, <laughs> so the vest that they gave me was actually brand new because they, oh. they were really just giving out the used vests for some of the bigger guys because that's all they had. So my vest was actually brand new. Um, and they gave us service weapons. Uh, we had to carry their weapon for 90 days up until our probation was over. Then we was able to carry our own. Um, once oh. again, issued a um, 38 special revolver, a couple speed loaders. So I carried that uh, until my 90 days was up. Once my 90 days was up, I transferred into my uh, Smith & Wesson 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's what that was my problem when I was on um, the federal contract. They gave us the speedloaders in '38, but we weren't allowed to carry our own weapon at all, ever, until a new person came in and they issued um, body armor and all that. So when we carried the '38, they didn't even issue body armor at all. Wow. Yeah, so not only did we have a slower gun than the enemy, <laughs> but we also wasn't protected. See, so that's one thing I don't understand. Like I, I get. The, the 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 38 and revolver the person that's potentially here to do damage harm evil or mm. you know cause some trouble has more firepower or quicker weapon than us then I shouldn't have to reload at the six yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. give me a fighting chance. Yes, if that that one matters. Yes, but give me a fighting chance. Give me a fighting chance. I think that's why I don't do um, bank details. I don't. I mean, banks don't get robbed every day, but I don't. Um, I really don't like the setup. I don't like that because we're inside. We're very vulnerable. And then when they decided to, like, I see G4S, I see how they make their people stand outside most of the time. I don't like that either, because now I'm just out in the open, and, you know, we're going down first because we're the only one in the whole bank with a gun. So it's just kind of like you're the target. Like, you're the first target before the money's actually the target. You know what I mean? And right, I just, right. I don't know. I don't like, I just don't like the whole thing. So, like, I, I just have a lot of things. From doing it for so long, I just have a lot of things that I know that I won't do, that I will do, and you know what I need a job to have in order for me to do it. You know what I mean? So, ugh, yeah. I mean, with the issuing your own stuff, we can talk about gear as a whole because that's another subject that I, I like to talk about on the um, Instagram page and the podcast. Gear-wise, as far as executive protection, usually you wear suits. So... Mm -hmm. As far as gear, what do you carry or what do you use when you do executive protection? Um, as far as my gear, as far as EP, um, normally here, well, here lately, a lot of the EP stuff that I've been doing has been on the unarmed side. So um, it's pretty much the shirt and tie, you know, suited out situation. Yeah. So um, black suit, black tie, white shirt, or a black shirt, whatever the... Uh, Client. Yeah, whatever the client requests in that situation. Uh, as far as my radio, I normally either use um, me personally. I have some Bearcom radios. They uh, branded underneath the Motorola umbrella. Okay. Um, I actually found them on eBay. Dude had a lot of them. 
Um, so we worked out a deal, and I brought some. So and they've actually been working out pretty good. Okay. Uh, as far as the headset, I use uh, Air Hero. Um, it's a brand that I found on Instagram, actually. Um, they, they've they been working pretty good for me. Uh, I got a little tactical flashlight um, that I got from Walmart. The the uh, the brand is escaping me at this moment. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, but when it comes to if I had my vest on, I have an outer carrier vest right now that I got from Safe Life Defense. So, yeah. Um, excellent I company. And I, 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 I love it. I love that. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, thankfully, I haven't had to see if it works or not. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> we hopefully I can keep that tradition going. You know? Yeah. They put enough. They put up enough videos for us to know that it's high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't doubted the product at all. Um, if I had any doubts to it, I actually wouldn't have brought it, and I definitely wouldn't speak on it if I had any doubts to it. So, but they definitely came through for a brother. Um, I'm actually on my second one. I brought one. Um, the first one that I brought, someone else was in need of one, so I gave him mine. Actually. Oh. You know, um, and nice because them things is not cheap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 nice to be nice. You know, sometimes you gotta be a blessing to get a blessing. I'll say that. I'll say you gonna get that. You gonna get that right back. Yeah, Done. and I mean, I'm I'm a living witness to it's just nice to be nice. It's a blessing to be a blessing. Um, yeah. I'm I'm a living witness to that. Like I I can't knock that or downplay that at all. So. I just literally got um, a safe light vest. I just got one of those. My brother actually gifted that one to me. And then I got literally like yesterday in the mail, my AR-500 uh, plate carrier came. Okay. So because I was out of the game for a little while, now that I'm back, I'm like, okay, I want to have everything that I need. Because I feel like if you carry, you should have a tourniquet. If you carry, you should have a vest. Yeah, definitely. Stand there with the gun and make the person who's coming feel like, oh, I got to get them first, but then I'm not protected. So that's a big thing for me. And then if something happens, I want to be able the, the the tourniquet is not really for everybody else. That sounds harsh, but it's not really for everybody. It's for me. If I get hit, I need to be able to wrap that joint around my wound and stay in the fight. It's basically how I perceive why I carry that. And then, you know, if somebody else gets hurt, of course I use it on them, but I think everybody that's armed should have those two things. So I just got that. I'm building two different setups. I'm building an all black setup and I'm building a OD green setup because I do like you, I do a bunch of different things. Like what you wear to the EP stuff, you might not wear to the church stuff. You might not wear it to the Ravens place. You might not wear it, you know, at a party, you probably wear different so with me, I've gotten into like um, private detective stuff and EP stuff and then the regular security stuff where you're at stores or parties and then fugitive, um, fugitive recovery stuff. So I wear something different all the time. So I think those two lines definitely safe life. I think they cover like everything. You can get a different vest for anything like they even have the EMS type vest. Yeah, so, they, they, they cover it all. Um, they they, they, all. they definitely branded themselves to kind of cover each aspect of the industry inside and outside of it. Yeah, they're a very good company. Like, I, I really like how they thought about it. Like, I like any company that doesn't just say, oh, this is all for law enforcement. I like any company that 
recognizes that there's other parts to this industry, security, EMS, firefighter, and they're like, okay, we're going to do it for you too. Because what, five years back? I mean, they weren't saying anything about security. They didn't didn't care what we had on. They didn't care. But I think people are realizing now that maybe crime has gone up. So now the use of private, you know, companies to come and enforce, you know, regulations and laws has gone up. But somehow now everybody cares about what security got on. So I really, you know, like Safe Life for that. They're they're really good. I mean, I mean, what do you... And their service is good. Uh, I actually like the fact that... uh, with with them being on a, a west coast out in Vegas, um, mm-hmm. their their shipping turnaround is great. I ordered something yesterday from them. Uh, I think I ordered it three o'clock our time, which would be twelve o'clock their time. I mean, they got it shipped out yesterday. I should have it by tomorrow or Thursday at the latest. So, what'd you um, order? A belt? Uh, some 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 new patches for um, a friend of mine vest. Uh, he. He gets a little bored sometimes and just start picking the lettering off his vessel. He just asked me to order him two new patches for his vessel. Uh, ordered those up for him. But, you know, the turnaround time and, the, you know, that, that service was great. You know, if you hit them up, they respond, you know, within a decent amount of time. If you call them, they answer in the phones, you know. So, but um, they they offer free shipping on some merchandise, you know. So, it's, it's, the it's patches, great. Do you have any of their patches? Already, I had the um on my outer carrier. It came with the well, it comes with standard patches. Um, <laughs> you, you get certain wording standard, but since mm-hmm. I have officer, they considered officer as a custom. So I think yeah. I had to pay an extra ten dollars for them or something like that. Not, yeah. not bad. No big. No no stress. No worries. Um, Thinking of so. order the the patch. Um, they have like a. What, what patch pack that's what they're calling it so i was just wondering if how'd you like their patches because i was it's only it's like 19 dollars for their patches that's it and you get like three or four so i'm like eh, i'd rather do that than try to find a company who i don't know and try to go out and i get the patch and it'd be the wrong size or yeah it'd be the wrong size yeah and that, that was my thing just stick with it you know if if, yeah. if i got my vest from i already know the patch gonna be made to fit you know xyz so i might as well roll with it well, that, that helps me a lot. You know, that has nothing to do with the uh, podcast, but that helps me a lot. I'm going to actually order my batches from them probably next week. So, um, but as far as like, because um, we're talking about gear and we talked about how many years you've been doing it, but let's talk about training. Um, I saw that you attended ICON. Yeah, and- I, I did. Um, my first class, um, which was more of an introductory uh I took that in July of 2017, I believe it was. Um, friend of mine, um, I, I believe you're familiar with him, Harry Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> man, him connected and uh, my man, another, yeah, through another friend, um, Nathan Williams, he connected us with uh, this company called ESS Global out of Florida. Um, so we we got together a group. They wanted at least ten people. So, I mean, we we put it together, we pushed, we pushed, we tried to get people to take the class, and, I mean, they was real great with us, even though we didn't have 10 people. They still took the drive up, you know, and gave us the little five-day introductory class, which was amazing. Um, That was actually my first hardline training into the EP world. Um, I mean, they did a fantastic job, you know. uh, What are their prices like? 
the price was amazing. Um, for five days introductory, it was five hundred dollars a person. Stop it! You know, um, at that time, we didn't have to worry about paying for a venue space to use. I, you know, I asked my father if I could use his church at the time, and so we used the church space. You know, gave the church a love offering. We did do that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, and it was all love. I had a guy. Um, Pretty much everybody was from the Baltimore area. One guy uh, from Philly actually came down to take the class also, you know. So he he was uh, – he, he loved the class. Everybody loved it. He's still working in the industry, and he's doing his thing up in Philly now. So it, it was great. Um, then uh, I had – with Icon, I had heard about Icon through um, some rumblings, you know, people talking, social media, and things like that. Yeah. They actually came through Baltimore on a tour with one of their clients. So I got to interact with with them indirectly. So I started reaching out to people, asking questions and things like that. And I was like, man, that's something that I got to do. So yeah. it looks very intense. It looks very thorough. I looked it up. I looked up the pricing. Um, so the, the next class that was available for me to go to would have been in Atlanta in January of 2018. Okay. So we go Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, go to class. So it's like, okay, I already <laughs> know this money that I'm putting out through your holidays. I do not have money to fund for this week long EP class. Well, yeah. was it? Yes, it, it was a week long. Week long. Uh, okay, so I'm wrong. The, <laughs> the first class, the ESS Global, was three days. Three days, okay. That was three days, that's not five. I'm sorry, that's my mistake. Three days. So Icon, the Icon class I took was five down in Atlanta. So, yeah. you know, I once again, work, hustle, and grind. Uh, you know, every penny that I could put towards it, I am. I started a GoFundMe page. Uh, How did you? I, yeah, I think the GoFundMe, I probably just took the GoFundMe link down off my Instagram a couple weeks ago because I forgot it was up there. Um <laughs> So, I mean, I went to Sam's Club and brought candy. I was selling dollar candies. I was doing what I could to get this money up. Um, it got down. I still needed uh, the the class, the, the tuition for the class just paid for the class. You still had to pay for your hotel. You had to pay for your transportation, which I flew. So a friend of mine, she didn't have any money to put up, you know, to the GoFundMe or anything like that. But she had some Southwest points. She used oh. Southwest points to cover my flight, which was great. I appreciate it. You know, thank you. You know, so I think three days before I was supposed to leave for class, I was still short some money. So one of the uh, how I want one of my friends slash clients slash employers. <laughs> okay, it, it, it all rose into one. They actually just sent me the money. Wow! It's like, what's your PayPal? And just sent me the remaining balance. Like yeah. when the when I got the alert to the balance being paid off, I was like, I think I sat there for probably like three minutes and almost cried. Like <laughs> just fighting yeah. kids because I mean, I'm I'm not the type of person to really expect people to do things. I I, I hardly ever ask people to do anything for me, you know. Yeah. I, I'd rather go and work and make it happen for myself, you know. So yeah. 
when when people do things like that for you, and I mean, this wasn't a small amount that needed to be paid, you know? so yeah, I was like, wow, like y'all did this for me. Like, I know we're friends. I know you know you're a client of mine. I know you're my employer also, but like y'all went above and beyond with this, you know. Yeah. And I mean, that this money that y'all could have used towards your family, but you chose to sow it, you know, into my future. You know? Yeah, and which I'm forever grateful thankful to them for you know and anybody else you know from the person that gave me a dollar to the person that gave me x amount of dollars you know i'm you know (laughs) because any any dollar that you give to somebody out of your pocket that you work for you know it's a blessing you know you could put it to somewhere else because everybody's financial situation is different and yeah a lot of times people see that i'm out here working hard i'm doing this i'm doing that or see me post a picture here, post a picture there. Oh, man, you got it. You doing the thing. You doing it. Oh, like, yeah. No, nah, not really. I, I have not arrived. I'm still, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm climbing the ladder. I, I hope to get there, yes, you know. But, you know, it's just a blessing, you know. And with Icon, and I'm overly joyed with even taking that class. Um, Just the same as ESS, you know, the, the networking opportunities that it presents. Um with with icon i had a two different gentlemen from from the class now once again this class is in atlanta i had okay. one gentleman come from south africa that was in my class and i also had another gentleman from new amsterdam inside my class for icon yeah so icon when they say it. when they say icon they really mean it <laughs> if someone isn't familiar with him the gentleman is a genius inside the world of executive protection, celebrity protection. Um, what I, when people ask me, I like to explain him, him as basically a genius. When I went into the class or, you know, when you think about bodyguard and all this other stuff, you think of the, the big muscular guys that's, you know, ready to knock somebody over. Yeah. You know, literally the icon class took the whole physical nature part of the business out of it and put you mm-hmm. into a mental capacity first. Yeah. You know, um, with, with doing executive protection, your main goal is to protect the client. That's, yeah. that's your job. Now, if you go and knock somebody out, what are you doing? You're hurting yeah. the client brand because yeah. they're not going to say Maurice knocked the client out or I'm sorry, not the client, but you know, knocked out this person to protect his client. Yeah. They say such say, a such bodyguard. Client bodyguard. So now the client name is highlighted in a negative yeah. way. Yep. You know, so when, I just when you the, went to the class, what kind of things, like not telling people everything, but what what kind of things is in an executive protection class? Because you went to two different companies and two different classes. So what kind of things do you learn when you take the time to invest? Okay, in so with, with ESS, like I said, it was more of a basic introduction. Um, and with me not knowing anything, it was a help and I wouldn't have been able to take icon knowingly without taking ESS, um, ESS, they showed us, uh, route planning. They showed us formations, um, evacs and things like that. Um, how to, you know, load your gold bag and even talking about things like that, you know, certain procedures and protocols that, you know, daily operating standard procedures and things like that. So that, that was all covered with ESS, 
you know, um, with Icon, we talked about um, behavioral intelligence, you know, the, the, the disadvantage that we have as per se protectors and bodyguards and things like that is the enemy knows when and where they're going to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. It's our job to counter that and figure out, you know, we have to hunt the hunted, even though we're the hunted, the hunter, you know, the hunted, we have to go out and find out who's hunting, who's hunting us. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm sorry if I'm scrambling over words or whatever, but, um, it, it, it was two different entities, you know, so Icon really functioned around the uh, celebrity area. So we talked about red carpet events, um, incident, okay. and accident vehicles, uh, how not to get complacent. You know, uh, a lot of times guys uh, get with a celebrity, you know, a, a rap artist or whoever and get comfortable with their lifestyle. But yeah. Uh, their lifestyle is definitely not our, our lifestyle because our lifestyle could be sent home the next morning. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, exactly. You know, hey, we live in a life, you know, but hey, this person, the celebrity, you know, their day may not start until 12 o'clock, but just mm-hmm. their day starts at 12 o'clock, your day still starting five, six, seven o'clock because you have to be up and ready at any given moment before their the the client day starts, you know, or okay, we go and do the show. Okay, after the show, the client wanna go to the club. After the club, the client wanna go to the studio. So you sitting there, you gotta be on your P's and Q's at all times, you know. So in any given moment it could change. Yet? Say it one more have you been able to do have you ever uh been able to do a celebrity yet? We we losing each other. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep, I got you. Have you been able to do a celebrity client yet? Um, I have. Uh, with with Icon, the, um, I was able to go to Boston, um, last year. Actually, it's just been a little over a year, and assist, um, with the which tour was this? The KOD tour for J Cole. Okay. So I, I was able to assist with that. Um, nothing direct i was more of a a a backhand person backhand guy but you know still an opportunity thankful grateful for it Um, (laughs) so far as solo operations um i've been blessed to work with uh former baltimore ravens favorite uh tory smith um, yeah good friend of mine local guy great you know great to work with between him and his wife you know even down to the the kids um always great time being with them uh to some of the older listeners they may know uh jack a harry um from 227 back in the day or sister sister oh snap so i was blessed to work with her she was actually in a stage play um so i was brought in to assist with that um uh uh Trainer, so I mean, it's it's a list. I'm trying to think. Trainer, Lil C's, uh, Money Bag, yo. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a list. What would be your advice to someone who is about to do their first celebrity executive protection or is getting into the business to do celebrity protection? 
through all your experiences, you've done men and women, rappers and actors and shoot football players. So you kind of got a grasp of how different those those people act in places they go. What would be your advice? Like, what are some key things to for a person to do and know when they're dealing with celebrity protection? All right. So so number one, I would say understand that everybody is different. Okay. Do not go in um, with the same mindset that you're going to operate the same for everyone because everyone is different. Every personality is different. So um, what what one may want to do, the other may not want to do, you know. So um, do your homework even before you get to them. Um, reach out and find out who the previous guy or, or lady was, you know. See if you could reach reach out to them to get some some details about, hey, what did you do? What did you not do? You know, what are some things that they like that they're not telling me that I may have to find out? You know, what mm-hmm. can I expect? You know, uh, go give them the hard, the hard question. Why aren't you there anymore? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's a real question. Yeah, you know? and it could so, be um, the answer to that question, too. Yeah, I, I mean, and you definitely always want to be prepared. So uh, if you don't have an answer, not having an answer is not the answer that you say. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I may not know at this moment, but give me a second. I'll do some research. I'll get right back to you. You know, you always play it off to your advantage. Don't never make it seem like, hey, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, back back to with the issue of doing the homework. If if you're going to a venue, do the events. Know how to get there three different ways know how to get from there the three different ways you know your your local hospitals the closest police stations you know who's in charge of security how many people they expect to show up that particular night are there yeah. any more vips on the guest list or you know is it just a walkthrough do you want me to get on the mic and say anything is it just an appearance do you yeah. have a step and repeat setup you know so, I mean, it's it's a lot of things that you want to take into play with doing your homework, you know. So, um, you definitely don't want to just go into a situation blindsided. Um, yeah. Especially if, if you're traveling on a situation. Um, I had this conversation with a gentleman the other day. Um, if you're traveling, make sure you know at least one person in every city you go to. Oh, okay. You know, because that person can be an asset to you. Uh, me personally, I've reached out to a lot of people that I see maybe having shows coming through the Baltimore DC area. And I let them know like, Hey, it's not always about me getting paid, but you know, I can be an asset to you. You know, we can work, we can work on a payment later. You know, sometimes me just offering my assistance, you know, get my foot in the door. Yeah. Um, I never thought about that like that. Yeah, it, it's it's real. Uh, even with uh, when I I worked with Kurt Franklin one time, so and I didn't get it directly through his people. The show promoter had reached out to me, so his his regular guy wasn't available or nothing like that. So I told him, "Yeah, I do it, no problem." So he told me what he needed. He needed a black SUV. I had no black SUV. I had a a ninety eight. Ford Expedition that had yeah. exhaust problems and no AC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's nowhere to where I could transport. 
So I went and rented one. Now, yeah. After the money I got paid covered the rental for the truck. So, but it was an opportunity and an expense that I was willing to take on for that opportunity. You know, now turn around this, this one promoter, whenever he has something, he always called me now. And I don't have to rent a vehicle no more. Praise God. Praise, <laughs> praise God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just everything works out for a reason. So you, and one thing I always tell people also is always be humble. You know, just because you got the job don't mean you're going to keep the job. So always yeah. be humble. And that goes with not being complacent, not getting comfortable. Right, right. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely. And for any reason, I mean, the kid could say, I don't like his hair. I don't like his haircut. And the client's like, we need a new guard. You know, you never know. It can be as petty as that. <laughs> I've had people say that they got removed from an EP job because they didn't put the car seat in fast enough. So they got moved from being the front guy to being still on the team, but being the back guy, you know, so. And it happens that quick. Yeah, that quick. That quick. Yeah. Um, um, but, but church security, this is, this is something I'm actually, I've done it twice, maybe three times. Um, but I'm moving towards now the church security consulting um, because a lot of churches can't afford just a bunch of armed guards or they can't afford outside security. So they use their members right, right. who've been in law enforcement or people who do security or people who just want to do the security there and they've never done it at all. And that's really who I'm targeting with the consulting thing. So definitely we'll talk off air about that. Um, but you do church security or have done church security. So um, what, what, what is some advice for somebody that's doing church security or when you are doing church security, what should you look out for and what should you do in that, in that atmosphere? All right. Well, with, with churches, I'm currently employed at two different churches right now. Um, one church, um, is more of a, a church security aspect. The other is more of a EP aspect. So the, the church security aspect is me and I want to say, four other people um all armed guys and and one armed lady so um the church is actually in not the greatest of neighborhoods of baltimore so um for the beginning of the service we're there you know have a couple people on the perimeter outside you know making sure the um congregation gets inside the church safe and things like that i mean normally the the neighborhood people don't really bother them too much, you know, but it's just the eyesore that they're even there. So um, <laughs> we're pretty much there. I mean, pick up on things that just the gentleman came in, just looked out of place, had a backpack. Once I moved, the pastor like looked at me. Mm-hmm. And I think he picked up on the guy coming in also. So I stood there for probably about ten minutes, not noticeable to the guy. You know, he was he was just in church. You know, just there for church. So yeah, um, they went to do the offering, and he got up and moved. 
Now, once he got up and moved, he moved to his family. His family was members at the church, but this was his first time attending the church. So it just kind of looked out of place. And I guess when he got there, it just wasn't smooth a smooth transition for him to move to where they were. So everybody's normally moving during offering, you know, to get up to go to the collection plate or whatever. So that was his great opportunity to move over to his family. And you oh. know, it all simmered down from there. It was like, oh, okay, all right, well, okay. no harm, no foul. It, it looked <laughs> suspicious, but it, it worked out fine. Um, to where I transitioned to this other church that I work at on the EP side, and I, my main objective there is basically cover the pastor. Gotcha. So that's, that's my main objective there. So if she moves, I move. Um, yeah. I move before she moves. She moves when I ask her to move. And with with church securities, church EP is kind of a a thick gray line because you have to be so diplomatic and and opening to, you know, the church goers, you know, uh, especially if you have a pastor that wants to, you know, interact with the, the congregation or, you know, feel approachable, you know, you still had to explain to them, hey, I, you know, we got to kind of bring it back some. Uh, so you got to try to limit the the access to some degree, you know. Uh, but it's it, it has its perks, it has its ups and downs. But you grit your teeth, you get through it. Remember that, hey, that's the client. They're going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm just there to help ensure that what they do don't cause any damage. Yeah, or allow any damage to happen to them. Um, I mean, I've been in churches where some years ago, even before I started doing church security, where you know I seen a gentleman go up to the pulpit and take the microphone from the pastor. Oh my goodness! Let's just say they laid hands on him before he left the church. (laughs) Jeez, because people are—they do crazy stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. many people come in for multiple reasons you know um they a lot of churches consider themselves a a, a hospital a hill a place of healing and things like that so you know, without being spiritual and deep um people have all kinds of for one i really ain't got to pay you know it paid to a psychiatrist you know if the, you pass the offering plate past me, I can keep it moving. I ain't even got to put nothing in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it don't really cost you to go to church. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, and you feel, you know, if the, the pastor, you know, or who's ever ministering the word that particular day is saying something that's really getting through to you, hey, you got your breakthrough for that moment. You know? Yeah. And now I didn't deserve Hey, like, I need to go shake the pastor's hand. Mm. No, that's not right now. Not right now. Pastor has a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, get, I mean, you get those enthusiasts. You get those overly excited, overly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it, it has its challenges, you know, but we, we get through it. What's your, um, what's your, like, so I just was watching a um, video um, of a club 
And basically, a guy got thrown out of the club or got into a fight in the club, got thrown out of the club. He went to his car, got a gun. The guard at the door, who happened to be a female officer, she ended up uh, maneuvering around a vehicle and shooting him in the leg, getting him down um, and, you know, making him drop the gun. But you do club security. So for somebody that's sitting at the door or somebody that's in the hallway, because a lot of clubs have those weird hallways in, in the door part, um, what, what would you say besides, you know, staying vigilant, of course, what would you say to those kind of guards? Because um, that, that's a whole different type of looking out than at the church. So Well, with, with club security, um, I'm... I'm armed, but I, I carry concealed at the club because I'm normally the pat down guy. So I'm outside. So I'm the first line of defense at the club. Um, and not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> it, it takes it takes a lot for you to get a weapon past me. Mm-hmm. So um, I I know, and even to last night, guys tell me I violated them. Hey, if I violated you, I did my job. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, if. If it if it's not anatomically correct, you have it. <laughs> so, I'm trying to keep it clean here. So. I mean, I mean, pat downs are for real. Like I get called to come to the fair because I end up leaving with a bucket of um. Uh, I I leave here. I I usually leave with maybe five to ten things that I take home, like knives, cool. Right. You know, I they be like, okay, you come back because you do not care about anybody feeling violated. I mean, I'm on the same page with you, so I mean, hey, you know, you gotta you gotta do those sometimes. You, you gotta do it. I mean, especially with with you know the nature of the 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 people that normally come to clubs. You know, not all, but some. You know, you got this neighborhood coming over with this neighborhood, this crew coming with this crew, and everybody. Yeah. Hall and bottles like at the football stadium, you get a plastic bed bottle, you know. Don't oh. close. I mean, we if I'm doing my job at the door to stop weapons from coming in, but they could go in and buy a weapon that's defeating the purpose. Toward the ah, yeah, wow, I never thought yeah. about that. Yes, yeah, I don't, I don't drink, so I don't know if you know champagne or all this other stuff that they buy at the club settles the same in a plastic bottle versus a glass bottle, but. You know, I, I just don't agree with it. But um, when you when you're at the door of a club, um, you are the front line. Yeah, your eyes are bigger than anybody's. It's it's no time to be on your phone. It's no time to be you know shooting the shooting the shit. Excuse my French, but with <laughs> with, with any and everybody, you know, um, if you're a regular at the club doing the security, or you got you know, hey, that's my man. Is this at the thirty hour? Check them. Yeah, you know, treat everybody the same. So everybody you, the same. You you may not hit them, you may not violate them as much because that's your yeah. man, but still check them. Let the people see that. Hey, just because that's my man, I'm gonna still exactly. check. You know, um, I think guys come to the club now. And they they see me and I see them turn around like, all right, let me go back to the car now. Yeah, I know you have to be like that because. Even with females, females will try to flirt with you no matter if you're a girl, a boy, don't matter. They like, hey, those ones, I know. I know they got something. Because why is you doing all that and all you're doing is coming to the club? Calm right. down. Right. I've had that situation and 
She almost knocked me off my guard. She was a little bad. She was a little bad, I ain't gonna lie. So I was like, well, what's happening here? And she just was like, oh, you paying down, da 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 You doing too much. Oh, you just want to feel. And I was just like, why is she making such a big deal out of her getting pat down? Everybody's getting pat down. So then she had, it was winter time. I don't know if you remember the club. It was called, um, oh, now I'm not going to be able to remember the name. It was downtown. Mm, I can't remember the name. It was in a corner. It was like next to a Dunkin' Donuts in a shopping center in the corner. Um, it was, it, I'm going to remember the name later. Um, but she basically had on these furry boots. And when she continuously said something about the way I was patting down, I just was like, something is not up. So I end up going in her boot. Now I have to admit at that time, I did not, um, I didn't always go in people's shoes. You know, they don't, they, it's not a usual thing to be like, take your shoes off. We're not at the airport. So I usually don't go in people's shoes, but it, she made me look further. So I stuck my hand in her shoe. She had a whole stun gun taser in her shoe. Yeah. In her furry boot. And I was like, now if you had just been quiet, I wouldn't have thought about looking for this. Whatever you were trying to accomplish, you accomplished the opposite. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> like doing all of that. It's always the ones that say, I ain't got nothing on me. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm going to find out. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I don't got nothing. You doing all that. You just want to touch me. I'm thinking like, why she, what is wrong with her? She had four friends in front of her. I already patted down all four friends. Why are you acting like you the only one getting patted down? And lo and behold, she had a pink stun gun in her daggone boot and I was like oh and she just looked at me like dang I was like I was like because you got on my nerves I'm actually keeping this there's no go back to your car none of that yeah, she was like you yeah, can't yeah. keep that you can't keep it I was like no yes I can't do you want me to call the police and ask them if I can keep it or not <laughs> so yeah you gotta the pan down situation is is you know serious and I think sometimes people do what you just said with the um, if they're my friends, I'm not really patting them down. But you don't also want your friend to get mad and end up using whatever it is you didn't check them for. Right, right. And then it's on you, and it puts everybody in the whole place in danger. So I just, yeah, that was that was something good to say. You know, treat yeah, everybody I mean, the same. We, I've I've even had people offer me, you know, money to to Jeez. let X Y Z slobs like, look, man, it, this this ain't no. No, no cigarette or no weed that we talking about. You trying to slide. You trying to get a weapon in here that could be used against my guys working inside. Like, no, like I, you can't offer me enough money to put my guys in danger like that. You know, so it's, easy. You know, and then with with like you know, like you said, talking about tasers. Um, they got the cell phone cases that's tasers. Um, you got the the combs that's actually a flask. So uh, combs that are knives, there's all kinds of stuff that you just got to be oh, vigilant to check for. I was just um, on an interview with somebody and they sell stun guns. And one of the stun guns that she sells is shaped like a digital camera. Wow. So it's small, it's black, and it's shaped. Uh, it, it got a lens and everything. It's just, if you look at it for a second, it looks like a camera. If you touch it, you can tell that it's not a camera. But I mean, in her world, that works because it's it's for women to protect yourself, like walking at night, doing this and a third. But in our world, if if a the wrong kind of woman brings it in, 
and uses it in a fight. You know what I mean? It's now not for self defense. It's, it's to cause a problem. So yeah, those uh, those phone case ones, all that, that all that stuff is is an issue in our line of work. But you know, and yeah. one one thing I will say, you know, along with club security, be it be outside or inside, mm-hmm. guys listening, anybody want to come up interested doing club security, you are not there to let them know, Mo. Let them know. Uh, don't uh, sit a fight. So I had to tell guys that all the time. We are not here to fight. We are I think that's the way the look at the club security. They look at you as big guys who are ready to <clears throat> throw somebody to the ground. But I, anybody that I work with, even if it's not my team, if I'm next to you, you're, you're my partner. You're my so partner. So I right. always say, hey, this is supposed to be the people who are doing the art of de-escalation. We're not here to escalate the problem. We're here to de-escalate the problem. And I think a lot of people who don't do any type of training, and, and I mean, and it's possible to be a big guy and just get the security job just off the, the, the weight of your chest. Exactly. So I think what people need to learn is that de-escalation is the biggest tool that any law enforcement, security, whatever, have. If you can stop the problem with your words, then that saves everybody the trouble. You know what I mean? So I mean, it was literally verbal judo. Yeah, I had a guy. I'm on working a parking lot detail. You know, making sure nobody bothered the buses and stuff like that. So see a guy jump over the fence. You know, so I go approach him. I stop him, and he just mouthing off. I'm like, man, come on. You know, just leave the property. No harm, no foul. Nobody mad at you, whatever, blah, 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 go your separate way. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't caused no damage to nothing, blah, 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 yeah. whatever, go ahead. So I ain't going nowhere, man. Call the police, do this, do that. Like, listen, man, I'm asking you to leave. Yeah. And not not the poor racing tour, but black man to black man, I'm asking you to leave. If I yeah. call the police, it might be a white man that's going to come and tell you to leave. So I have to, out of respect I have to that tell I'm you. saying and being nice to you, sir, you know, Please leave. Just you know, man, you one on one, man, you just leave. That's literally one of the tactics, the escalation tactics that I literally write down and I and I use all the time. That right there, um, one not it wasn't to bring race into it. It was to make yourself like comfortable, like make him comfortable with you. Exactly. Put, put it together like hey I understand I am the same let's level the, let's level the playing field and then the other part was hey if the white officer comes and you know you act this way and then you know or if a police officer period comes and you act this way who would you rather deal with me that's saying hey leave the property or them who's ready to slam you on your face take you to jail well, I use that too like dude wouldn't you rather deal with me as security than deal with be you know PD like that's that's a good thing because people think about it like, wait, yeah, you're right. Exactly. I mean, when I when I said it, his whole attitude changed. Like, uh-huh. you know, like you said, you know what, you're right. You know, you know, we shook hands. He went his way. Appreciate you, sir. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Because so, you have to you have to make it about them. I I learned that with uh, working at the arena. You know, with 
I'm tall, but I'm small, you know? So mm-hmm. my thing is people always say, well, how you do security and you, you small, like the stuff that oh, you do. I'm like, you know, like I'm, a- I, I'm, yes, I'm small, but I don't use my physical stature. I use my mouth and my brain. I know mm-hmm. how to talk to people. You know, I'm, I, yes, I'm a, a smart mouth person when I need <laughs> to be, but I know how to talk to people to, to challenge or change a situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So we could do it one or two ways. Um, I'd rather do it way one, yeah. No matter how wrong, I, I like to explain to people, no matter how no matter how wrong you are, you're still going to acknowledge that to some degree. Um, with working at the arena, we have concerts all the time, you know, so John may drink. Yeah. Jason don't drink. Mm-hmm. John is having a good time while he's drinking. John is stopping Jason from having a good time because he's drinking. So <laughs> they're both trying to have a good time. They just in two different areas to have a good time. So my thing is, hey, look, man, you know, I know you're enjoying yourself. I'm not telling you not to. Yeah. But we got to find a happy medium because you're stopping somebody from enjoying themselves. Now, if that conversation doesn't work, all right, well, let's see if I can move John and his friends to a different area with some yeah. other people that's drinking that you ain't really got worried about. Now, if I move you and these people that's over here complaining, now I know, John, you're really a problem. Yeah. Now, now discussion is different. Yeah. You know, but I went to him with respect and gave him respect. So I wasn't a threat to him to escalate the situation. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of you. People say zero to 100. Literally in security, there's a lot of things you can do before it's time to put somebody down. You know, my, my friend always be like, man, you, you're you small, but you get through situations. And she she was like, man, you, you do like zero to 35 things before you be like, I'm about to tase you or I'm about to put you down. Because I have a lot of things mentally and things I can say that make people think about their behavior or make people be like, okay, let me just do this somewhere else. You right. know, so, I mean, people always ask me all the time, you do security, you so small, you and, do this, you do that. And that's one reason why I like carry and conceal because sometimes, you know, when people know you have a weapon, that's an instant defense, you know, well, he got a gun, I'm, I'm on the defensive already. It's not about ah. my gun, you know, so had times, People think I got my gun. I may not have it, you know, but you never know when I got it because I'm always concealed. Concealed, yeah. You know, if I don't have my duty belt on, you ain't going to know if I got a gun or not. So, or or where is that? Because I never keep it in the same place. Now, that is an interesting tactic, too. Do you, do you have, do you um, carry appendix at all? I carry appendix. Um, I actually have an alien gear holster um once again i found them on with it (laughs) yeah i found them on instagram too so they have a a carry pack which was actually four different holsters in one so um i have the the model that i brought it fits my uh smith and weston mp shield nine millimeter so Mm -hmm. you know um compact size so uh I, i normally carry that at least 97% 97% of the, my carry situations, that's what I'm carrying. So mm-hmm. uh, I have the appendix. I have a, I ordered a belly band. Uh, I have the, just the standard inside the waistband. I have an ankle holster. So that's one thing I don't have. I don't have an ankle holster. I was yeah. thinking about it, but I don't have one. 
you carry that way sometimes as well? Yep. Okay. Is it uncomfortable at all? The the first the first couple wears is a little uncomfortable because you just feel that weight on your ankle. So yeah. it does become a little uncomfortable. But uh after a while you just get used to it. It's like almost wearing like a, a high t- a boot or something like that. So oh. normally if I have it on, I'm not wearing boots. So uh I just have on like some tennis or something like that if I have it on. I do a lot of concealed work. Um, I just started wearing appendix, though, um, with plain clothes. But one thing I posted, um, I posted our classic suit. You saw that post I posted. And a lot of people were DMing me, asking me, like, where I got my suit or where I get suits from. So where do you get your suits from? Man, uh, I'm going to tell people my suggestion would be don't spend a lot of money on a suit because you might mess it up. Yep. So, yep. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you, you're here to work, not to be a supermodel. Yeah. So, uh, if if you're just breaking into it and you, um, you're just looking for a cheap way to go, uh, go to the thrift store. Um, mm. Quality product and expensive. So, you can start there. Uh, I got lucky one time. I found a suit, you know, uh, the pants and the jacket at Walmart. I ended up getting it for like $35, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, check online, you know, different outlets and things like that. Um, H, um, not H&M, but, uh, uh, oh my gosh. K&G. K&G always has suit sales and sometimes they have the two for one sale. Uh, so you buy two, you get one free. So you could take advantage of those sales. Um, in, in this industry, you definitely want to keep dark suits in stock. Get yourself two black suits, get yourself a blue suit. They, yeah. they are standard, you know, in the industry. But if if you're just getting into it, definitely check out your, your local thrift store, Salvation Armories, you know, things like that. There's nothing wrong with going secondhand. There's nothing wrong with it. I definitely, and sometimes at those stores, because I actually go into those stores a lot. Sometimes it's not even secondhand. Sometimes it's brand new with the tags on. Right, right, right. You know, you have people that donate stuff for all kinds of reasons. You know, people passed away or they lost weight or something. So I've seen some suits in um, the thrift store that definitely had tags on it. So that is a definitely a good suggestion, um, trying out those places. Um, and it just had me thinking because people still DMing me like, hey, well, especially females, it's a little difficult, more difficult to find something that looks good on an EP job for a female than it is a guy. So, you know, and me, I'm like, well, I kind of wear guys suits. So I go to H&M just cause they are for like the small model type guy. So it's smaller in shape for me. Right. I, um, I like H&M suits. Um, yeah. But for me, it's more fashion. I, I really can't wear them <laughs> on the yeah. details, you know, that their pants fit a little, you know, yeah, European, they're, so. Saying, they're European, <laughs> yep. So it's and good. And you're on the job busting loose, so. <laughs> so that European cut on me isn't as tight or weird shit as it would be for a full-size man, you know. So I, I wear those. But a lot of people sometimes they say, uh, JCPenney's. I had one of those um, suggestions. But definitely the thrift store, I think that was a good suggestion. So, I mean, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. I <laughs> We didn't dove through the industry for real. We didn't went from armored trucks to church, you know, to suits. Um, but you are in the DMV area. Tell people how to book you, where to find you on social media, and how to get in contact with you. Well, yeah, um, I'm located in Baltimore. Uh, 
anybody from Baltimore will not say they from the DMV area. <laughs> that's a little <laughs> that's a little beef that we got. Like DMV is PG County, DC, Virginia, all that. Uh, Montgomery okay. County. Baltimore is not DMV. We don't I'm don't so do us like that. <laughs> Still be my friend. I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. It's, it's, it's just a standing joke that everybody from Baltimore has. But um, yeah, Baltimore, um, Maryland-based show that's that covers anything. Uh, Bubba, if you're listening, I come up the Eastern Shore. There ain't nothing to it. I will come up there, boss. Shout man. out to my come man Bubba. He listens all the time. <laughs> Shout out to Bubba. He had a great interview. Yeah, uh, I love him. He's a good guy. Yeah, I I got hip to him. Uh. Somebody tagged me in one of his posts because he had the WWE logo, you know, which is wrestling. He had that in one of his posts. Uh, he was posted, took a picture behind the logo, and mm-hmm. everybody know that I love wrestling, so that's oh. how I got hit to him. <laughs> but he, I mean, he doing his thing. I'm definitely proud of him. I definitely and support it was just his, his stuff. birthday too, but I think he only turned twenty five. Yeah, I remember those <laughs> days. But all right, so you can follow me on Facebook, which is directly under my name, M A U R I C E. Last name E A T O N. That's Maurice Eaton on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter under Mo Eaton, M O underscore E A T O N. Uh, or you can reach me the old fashioned way phone call <laughs> or text messaging. Uh, that still works in this day and age. So you yeah. can reach me 443 825 7696. Once again, that's 443. 443- Eight two five seven six nine six. Uh, I I normally keep my phone on twenty four seven because we're in a twenty four seven industry. My wife yep. kind of hates it, but you know <laughs> we, we get we get through it. You know, so uh, I'm, that's just I, I don't care how you get here, just get here if you can. That's how, you know that's where we at. <laughs> speaking of wife, before I let you go, I asked this of my first guest. Um, you've been doing security on and off, part time for a long time. And you just said you went to Boston. How does this industry affect your relationship? Uh, you have to have a very understanding spouse or partner, whatever you choose, um, whatever level you are in, in within your relationship. Um, mm-hmm. If not, it will not work because the days are long. The nights can be longer. Depending mm-hmm. on the uh, avenue that you're in, you're exposed to a lot of things, be it men, be it women, be it drugs or whatever. So your your temptation has to outlast all of that. Um, you have to understand, hey, what I have at home is not worth risking any of this out on the road. Um, yeah. You know, thankfully, we had that discussion. And I, I mean, honestly, talking. When I first enrolled, even before I enrolled in the icon class, I I talked to her about it um, just to get her opinion. I told her after I got her opinion, regardless of what she had said, I was going to go anyway. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's just real talk. And the reason was because I I wouldn't want to miss the opportunity. Now I'm sitting home mad at her because. Yeah. Resenting. Yeah. I can. I can deal with her being mad that I went. She can't be mad. She can't deal with me being mad that I didn't go. Yeah. Because her mad, I, I can deal with that. She, you're not going to deal with my mad because you helped me up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, people end up um, resenting people for that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not going, I don't suggest that to people, but it's something <laughs> to keep in mind. 
you know. But yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a it's a real discussion that needs to be had because if you stop somebody from doing their, you know, pursuing their dreams, it's gonna be way worse than when you know they make you mad because they went and did something. Right, right. It's further, a potentially better out situation. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I, I mean, I agree. I, I guess I don't agree with the exact method, but I agree with that. I, I mean, mean the, the method was was harsh. <laughs> I, I'll agree, you know, but you know, it, but for real, it's a conversation that really needs yeah, to be had. Because so, yeah. I mean, if you know, taking that, you know, that week, you know, which could have turned into months, you know, say I got a call to go on a tour, you know, mm-hmm. now it's a discussion that needs to be had because hey, I got this call to go on tour, which is a great opportunity. Yeah, you know, um, thankfully now, you know, things are to where. You know, it's not like back in the day where you could only call. Now you have, you know, oh yeah, video chat and you know, uh, that's true. Time and all that stuff. So the connection, you know, to stay connected is more accessible. Yeah, you know, but you still have to keep that mind frame. Like, hey, you know, what I have back at home is X Y Z. Now, it, it's you. You got to play your position, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to understand that, hey. I'm out here on the road. I don't know what she's doing at home. I don't know what he's doing at home. Now, even when you come off the road, your job don't stop because now you're making up for the time that you missed. Yeah. You know, so you got to be super mom. You got to be super dad. You got to be super husband, super wife. You know, you got to pick up for the time that you lost. And I mean, you you never really make up for the time that you lost, but you got to pick up where you left off. Yeah. You know, so because while you're out working on the road, you know, who's ever at home has been taking care of the house. You know, they've been taking care to find that if you have a child, they've been taking care of the child. You know, if you have multiple children, they've been taking care of the children, probably yeah. without a break or help, you know, given the situations yeah. that you have set up in place. But it's definitely, you know, a hard thing. You know, um, even with my schedule now, you know, I, I work a lot. So when I can take my daughter to school or pick her up, you know, it may not be a lot, but it's a lot. It's yeah. one of the things that she got to do because it doesn't take her out of her way to to go take my daughter to school. Yeah. You know? So her job and my daughter's school are totally different directions. Yeah. So, you know, when when I can, I make sure I do it, you know. So sometimes well, it's just the little things that you gotta do to to say. And even the for your daughter, that that's the kind of stuff kids remember. It's the weird stuff kids remember, like, oh no, my dad took me to school and picked me up from school all the time. Right, right, right. Home, that's what he was doing with me. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be like, but I, I also took you to Disney World. You don't remember that? <laughs> but they're 35 thinking about how their dad took Ooh, them to school. Let's not talk about that Disney World trip. Oh no, oh no. That's a whole nother subject, whole nother time. Because <laughs> my parents did not take me. So, mom, dad, if you're listening, I just want you to know that that affected me not going. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I mean, I really, really appreciate. Um, you know what I didn't ask you? I didn't ask you for your war story. Uh, do you have one? Do uh, you have a time where you had to throw somebody on the ground, or do you have a time where you almost thought you might not make it home that night, or do you have anything uh, to have? If you don't, that's a good thing. Nah, <laughs> I, I def- not make it home one night. Definitely have that story. Uh, last year, uh, working at the arena. Two two artists that don't like each other basically got into a fight. Yeah. Ooh. And I mean, um, 
I get the call over the radio, you know, all available hands, we need you in the back. So I get to the back and literally all hell at broke loose. I mean, it was, it was a bad situation. So as soon as I get back there, I just see a guy holding. He, he ain't draw nothing. He was just holding. So I stepped back instead of engaging in, you know, trying to settle the situation. I just stepped back because really wasn't nobody paying attention to this guy. So Yeah, that's know, how it always is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm just watching him because I'm like, if he draw, I got to lay him down. Yeah. You know, I was the only one that, that was paying attention to him, you know, so he ended up not drawing, but it was just so hard of a situation and so intense of a situation. Um got the one artist in the vehicle so I was able to reroute their exit plan to a different area, you know, and got them out of the building and off the property before anything further could happen. But we were sitting there scratching our head like this situation could have been much more worse than what it was. Um, Had it not been for prior planning, we had already had police officers stationed in this particular area. So that kind of Stop! Uh, stopped it from escalating to actual gun violence. But if we hadn't done that with the pre-planning stage, yeah, it would have been definitely a bad situation on Man. multiple levels. Well, you know, and and if you weren't the type of guy who's vigilant, who doesn't just run into a situation and join the pack, you're like, okay, let me assess. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. Don't. They don't assess the situation before they just jump into it. So don't don't run into the situation blind. Just because you get there, don't mean you got to jump in it right away. Exactly. You know, because exactly. you really don't know what's going on as soon as you get there. You know, mm-hmm. so take take that second to find out who's who. One, what's moving around you too, and what are you going to do? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Once again, we are not there as security. We are not there to fight. We're not there to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Jeez. Yeah. Ugh. Don't see, you know, that that kind of stuff is makes me why I like when I do EP work, I I have actually only done two celebrities and they were like m- more so club appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, it was um Black Ink Crew and uh and it wasn't really like uh any rappers, but I I don't I like doing that corporate stuff. I like doing CEOs. I've um, been with a company and we did the Uber, the CEO of Uber, um, politicians, and like on my regular EP stuff, I do like high-end weddings um, where we, the bride moves, we move. And they could be anybody from a politician's daughter to um, like uh, we did the chief of police daughter um, and I, or I think it was his son, but you know, so it's high end stuff like that. I like that stuff because it's, it's a little bit less chaotic than those celebrity details. Those rappers, those, I mean, reality TV stars. I hear so many stories about going to a club with these people and it's just like, ah, right. Right. <laughs> but I mean, the whole point of this whole podcast is to show all levels, lanes, and titles because you have EP. You can say, "Yeah, I'm an executive protection officer." You could be doing celebrities, but you could be doing a celebrity person like Martha Stewart, and then you could be doing somebody like the baby. You right. know what I mean? It's I mean, so many. It's a big world, and lots of opportunities out there. And you never know where this umbrella work will take. Yeah. Um, it is 
I did a job two weeks ago. Um, didn't ask no questions about it. You know, the guy called me up. Are you available? Yes, I'll be there. No problem. <laughs> Get there. All right, you work in the green room. You know, only this uh, this credential can go in. You know, this credential could go in. This credential can escort. Cool, no okay. problem. Standing guard. Now, there's already people in the green room. I don't know who they are, but the door open. Mm-hmm. So this lady comes out and puts a hand on my shoulder and says, I know they probably told you don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Look the other way. Don't pay me no attention. But I'm human and it's okay. D- <laughs> That's all she said to me. It took everything in me to not have a fanboy moment, to not... Who put their hand on your shoulder? We'll talk offline. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, in my mind, I'm I'm melting away. You know, it took everything in me to maintain my professionalism, but, you know, we just... Now, did they tell you that before? Did they really tell you don't, don't... They, they didn't even tell me who was in the room. So they didn't say anything oh, about anything. Goodness. So it was, it was strictly a chance moment. It was really a chance moment. So we, we shared the laugh. I pulled it together. And only I said a couple words. I said, I just know protocol. That's <laughs> all I said. Security team looked around and looked at me like, that was a great answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my mind, I'm dead. They wasn't looking. They wasn't looking. They already knew. Right, right, right. They are, yeah. So, I mean, amazing moment. I mean, and it's cherished it forever. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, I, I, that's one of the reasons why I love this industry. You never know what you can experience in it. Right, So, right. I mean, look, I think we didn't taught some kids some things today, okay? I mean... Yeah. Hey, like I said, my information out there. So if they want to rap more, we I'm definitely available. Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you guys are listening, and you guys want to know more, ask more questions. You can shoot me the questions, shoot him the questions. I mean, this is what the whole thing is for: is to share information and help people, you know, get what they need to get to do what they got to do. So Mo, I thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Uh, I'm gonna hit you up and ask you who the heck put their hand on your shoulder. Uh, <laughs> so I, I thanks for coming on, man. I, I hope we can do this again at another date, and I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Everybody out there listening, y'all have a blessed night. Be safe with what you're doing. Keep your head on the swivel. Swivel. All right. Hey, man. Thank you for checking out Industry Talk Podcast again for another week and another episode and another guest if you like what you're hearing on the podcast message us inbox us dm us let us know give us some feedback give us some stuff we can do better give us some ideas of what we can do next i appreciate all of the feedback good and bad listen if you want to support the podcast there is a link in the description of each episode click the link give a dollar two dollars three dollars four dollars keep this 
podcast going. It is needed in the industry. It is needed on the levels of the industry that we're talking about. We're going from people who are doing executive protection for the biggest stars, and we're talking to people who are doing mall security. It all matters. It's all important. Thank you once again. Stay tuned for the next episode, or go back a couple episodes before this and catch up, man. Stay involved. See you.